Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you on your Saturday morning, hoping it is sunny and warm wherever you are in the beautiful state of Western Australia. So much to get through on today's show. We'll go into a deep dive a little bit later on into the Eagles and Dockers games coming up later on in this round of AFL. And what a fascinating round of AFL it has been so far. None other, Hayes, than a lot of people riding off the Hawthorne Football Club after their, uh, let's be honest, pretty bad, I think is a simple way to put it, performance against Geelong uh, about a week and a half ago. They come out, they beat Richmond. Fascinating start to the round as I welcome you in. Great to be with you, Rob. Yeah, a week's a long time in footy, that's for sure. They were old, they were done, the Hawks. And on Thursday night, gee, they were impressive. But what about Richmond? What has this team done over the break? They are a team that's always having fun. I'm not saying they don't do as much work as some of the other clubs, but their style is certainly conducive for them playing very fast footy. But it looks like some of the teams, Collingwood and Hawthorne, have put a lot of time and effort into trying to derail their fast ball movement through the corridor. And so far... It's worked 36 points against Collingwood, 39 against Hawthorne. Jack Rewalt, very, very quiet in both games. I'm not sure he's put the work in. He's 31 years of age. Is it the end of this dynasty? It may be. I don't think uh, it's the end just yet. But one thing that strikes me is maybe it's a combination, as you said, of their opponents figuring out how to really slow down that mm. quick ball movement, especially coming out of the back line. Or maybe it's a defensive game plan because... Both both games so far, Collingwood in um, in what would have been round two, and then obviously Hawthorne, they've jumped them. It's, I think it was five goals each. Maybe I know Hawthorne kicked five on Thursday night. Um, Collingwood might have been four or five goals. They've jumped them, and I think the Tigers, not so much panic, but the game style is obviously, okay, Like we're still in control here. Let's slow the game down, work our way back into it. They were able to outscore Collingwood over the duration in the game a couple of weeks ago, but they couldn't really make any inroads into that uh, Hawthorne lead that they were giving up in the first quarter. Time now to get into the dig, Hayes. The dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Yes, it is time for the dig. Don't dig yourself into a whole lodge of free dial before you dig inquiry. Now, what do you want to take aim at this week, Hayes? I want to take aim at the Adelaide Crows and Mark Rusciuto in particular. Now, he made some comments about all of the players on radio that have left the football club in recent times, which I don't mind going into a little bit of detail, but I just felt he went too far. And there are three things I didn't like. The first one is board members should not speak about club issues. I don't think it's their role. I love the fact that here in Western Australia, you do not hear from any of the board members. You don't hear from any of the past player board members about football issues. Let the people in charge make those comments, either the chairman or the CEO that's put in a position to do that. So I didn't like him commenting on a lot of those players. The other issue was the fact that Adelaide have been in the headlines So much lately. You don't need another big story. And by him going out on the front foot and saying what he did, you're always going to get more scrutiny and more pressure piling on this football club. And they're under the pump right now because their culture has been questioned over the last two years, basically. 
And the other no-no was numbers. Like, I, I'm, I don't think I like somebody coming out and actually giving the exact numbers or figures or wages of certain players. Mentioning that Jake Lever's got an $800,000, $850,000 offer from Melbourne. I don't think that's fair on the other clubs. I don't think it's fair on the managers. And I don't think it's fair on, on the players themselves to be put in that circumstance. I don't mind him saying that, yeah, they're getting paid overs or maybe double what we offered them, but not the exact figures. I don't think that's fair on anyone involved. So, Mark Rusciuto, you are under pressure in your role as director of that football club. I would leave it to the people in charge to try and change the culture because you had the camp instance this year. You had the camp incident that happened two years ago. You've had the uh, to your teammate, Andrew... McLeod's comments recently about I the don't culture. Feel welcome back in the club. Yeah. Now is not the time. Just, uh, just, just step aside and just let the other people do it. Uh, it is interesting that uh, when you look at uh, Brett Burton and Don Pike, who obviously were there for that uh, mm. very controversial coach, they're gone, and Rashudo is still at the top of the tree. Someone says the crow on the top branch. Hey, he's just uh, looking down, making sure everyone's okay. But we have really interesting comments, and I agree with you on one thing. The one thing I don't agree with is the fact that I don't have a problem with the money coming out because realistically, if you're members of your lifeblood of your club, and this obviously probably shouldn't come from Rue when you're talking about Melbourne salary cap, but if the members are the lifeblood and they're essentially paying for that, then I don't think there's any issue with the club saying, this is what we're doing with your money. We're paying this player this much money. So I, is it time to make it open slather in your opinion in regards to salaries? I, I think to a certain extent. I don't know what whether that is. You go right anybody over six hundred thousand. You, maybe you put a thing on it. You go. Do you know what? If you want this much money, it comes with the public scrutiny. Mm. That's part of what you uh, what you take on when you get paid this much. If you don't want that, then the most we can pay you is five nine nine or, or whatever the case is. Because I think the players who are truly worth that much money should be able to stand up to that media scrutiny anyway. Well, I think you speculate anyway on the higher mm. end. Whenever a big big deal is signed, we always say it's 800000 over five years, so that equates to $4 million or whatever the case. But, yeah, I think it's getting to that. We see it in American sport. There's no issue with no. them doing it. So I, I think at some stage the AFL needs to go towards that. We know public service, the jobs and the amounts that many of those people earn, CEOs, if you're a listed company as well. well everything in the Waffle and the WA Footy Commission has been made public in the last month as well. So It, it has. So I think it, it will get to that stage down the track. And I think, as you're saying, with members, do they have the right to know you know, who's who's performing within their football club based on what their salaries are? This is Off the Bench Conversation for another time. Plenty more still to come after the break. We'll talk a little bit of cricket with Kevin Roberts' resignation earlier this week. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. We flagged before the break that we're going to take a little pivot here and just briefly leave the football to go into the world of cricket. And Kevin Roberts, rumours were abound earlier this week that he was going to be sacked. So less than 24 hours later, he comes out. Resignation uh, is the official reason that he left his post at Cricket Australia. But talk us through this, Hayes. Was it the right move? It was the right move, but he's been made the scapegoat and they need to look internally at their own board because clearly there was a leak from the board as well. And you've got to ask, what responsibility does the board have through this period? Now, I would have thought in the biggest crises that world sport has ever seen, the board would be across every decision. So we know more than 80% of staff have been stood down in the cricket world. But surely that information was passed by the board. They ticked off on it. All the communications that have occurred between Kevin Roberts and all the state bodies about the reduction in funding that's going to be coming their way, that would have been ticked off from the board.
board. So, yes, it's fair enough to say he needed to go. And I think maybe with some of the discussions that will take place going forward between the state bodies, but more importantly, the Cricketers Association, I think we're headed for a big collision here because at some stage they're going to be asked to take a pay cut as well. But I think there needs to be change within the board of directors that exists for Cricket Australia. Because if you don't get that right, you'll get the same outcome. I wonder who the job's going to go to. Do you keep going back to the same internal people, Beaver? Nick Hockley is in that position right now. He's been the CEO of the T20 World Cups. And you have to say it was a success pretty much absolutely with the women's one. The men's one we know will be put off for the remainder of the year and hopefully they can get it played next year. But John Warne and, and John Harden, Christina Matthews has come out and outwardly said she won't apply this time round. If they want her, she'll obviously consider it. And Andrew Strauss, do we want somebody from the arch enemy yeah, England to come across and do the role? He's done a pretty good job to get them back oh, on absolutely. the higher pedestal. Absolutely he has. But I think uh, the one thing that you mentioned this, and I'm pretty sure this was in a, a press release, was that they would search for internal candidates. Mm. Now, if you're talking about trying to have an organisation who leads cricket in this country to get a culture change. And there has been comments made for numerous years about um, particularly the higher end of Cricket Australia being a boys' club. If you want a culture change, do you search internally for a new candidate to replace someone who, as you say, if he's the scapegoat, but at the moment Cricket Australia is saying he was the problem or or he believes he was the problem or whatever the case is, you're not going to change culture really unless you get a pretty outstanding candidate Um, from within the organisation who has had long-term issues with the way it's been run. And if they have, there's a good chance that they're not there anymore because eventually people obviously get sick of things. You want to move on. You want to try something different. So I don't know um, how they're going to go. I don't know if Hockley will get the job long-term. My gut says that he probably will. As you say, the T20 Women's World Cup was a huge success. And I think if he's bought on to do the men's one as well, I think you keep him in his current role. Maybe even he goes up um, a little bit, as you said, uh, when the men's one happens, whenever it is that we get that underway. But I, I don't see a huge amount of change happening on that board. Another one is Paul Marsh. Now, I think the big issue is going to be between the discussions between Cricket Australia and the players. We know that relationship hasn't been that great for a number of years since the last CBA. Now, this is a guy that was initially a part of the Cricketers Association and then he left the Cricketers Association to go to the Players Association for the AFL. So he's been on both sides and I think this gives him an opportunity to maybe bridge those relationships and get a really good outcome going forward for both parties. He's done the time and his background with with his old man certainly is based around cricket. So he could be a watch here, Beaver. Dark horse there for Hayes. Keep it locked here on Off The Bench. We'll go into a deep dive on the Eagles and Dockers games. Coming up this round, Next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. A reminder for your chance to win a pair of Bose headphones worth a shade under 400 bucks, $380 worth. Head to nutrienwin.com.au. That's N U T R I E N W I N. Nutrienwin.com.au. All thanks to Nutrien AG Solutions. Terms and conditions apply. Hayes, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the Eagles and Dockers games coming up this weekend. We'll start with the Eagles. Gaff, he notches up a milestone. The Eagles in desperate need of a win here against Brisbane. They are well done to Andrew Gaff. He's been a star since day one when he arrived at the football club. 200 games. And Jamie Cripps too, the local West Australian boy from Northampton. Game 150. He's been a star. But he needs to lift. He's been down on his normal output this year. But they need to win the uh, contested possessions and the clearances. Nat Nui, it's time for him to stand up. I've been a bit disappointed with him across the journey. 
Ernie, everyone talks about him. He's the most famous person here in Western Australia. Well, it's not for his football ability because I think we pump him up far too much and he gets a chance now to win the ruck battle against Steph Martin and Oscar McInerney, who are both good players, but he should be dominating them in the air and giving first use to his midfield as well. So it's going to be a challenge. Brisbane, obviously, home ground advantage. Lockie Neal and the troops are a very good side, and I think the best forward in the competition, bar none this year, is Charlie Cameron. Brad Shepard will get that matchup. I think that'll be one to watch. No Jeremy McGovern. That certainly hurts. And we know Will Schofield and Josh Rotham come into the team to replace McGovern and Jackson Nelson. I'm slightly favouring the Brisbane Lions here, Beaver. I don't think the Brisbane Lions were convincing last week despite getting a win, but I'll hold my tips until uh, we get on a little bit later in the show. Now, the other game, of course, is Fremantle up against Port Adelaide. Port have looked invincible so far, admittedly against some below-average competition thus far this season. Yeah, they've beaten Adelaide and Gold Coast, but the way they've done it has been quite special, and uh, they've got some youth going through their forward line and their midfields. Connor Rosie is a start, but they've got the right blend too. Some of their older players are doing a magnificent job. Guys like uh, Boak and also the big guy up forward, Westhoff. He just continues to get better as a player, but big moves by Justin Longmuir. He's bringing back the big guns. Great to see Jesse Hogan back. He's been to Helen back uh, with his mental health and he's so important to this forward line that I think he reduces the pressure on Rory Lobb who needs to go into the ruck but also Matt Tabernard. I think it's a really good sign for this football club. Stephen Hill, the other one, back in the mix as well and I do want to complain about Connor Blakely. I don't know what's gone wrong here. This is a guy that was averaging 23 disposals, Beaver, in his last two seasons. I believe he can be an A grader and if the coach believes in him and loves him I think he can do that, but clearly he's out of favour right now. But I can count six or seven other players that are currently getting a go that he should be ahead of. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, just quickly, my thoughts on this game, Hayes. Looking at it, Port Adelaide, uh, on top of the ladder, they look invincible against really subpar opposition. But Fremantle have been really competitive against teams who are probably middle, upper middle of the pack. So teams who... Uh, I think the Dockers are better than they've played so far, and I feel like maybe Port Adelaide aren't as good as they've been so far. So I'm expecting a close game as well. This is Off the Bench. Plenty more still to come after the break. And a reminder for your chance to win a pair of Bose headphones worth $380. Head to nutrienwin.com.au. That is N-U-T-R-I-E-N-W-I-N. Nutrienwin.com.au. All thanks to Nutrien AG Solutions. Terms and conditions apply. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Off the Record for Choices Flooring. Inspiring Choices Magazine, Innovation Edition, out now. Order your free copy at choicesflooring.com.au. Yes, the Choices Flooring, Inspiring Choices Magazine, Innovation Edition is out now. Time for one of my favourite parts of the week. It is Off the Record where we take a look back at some of the things that people have said that maybe didn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, Jared Waitley, one of the best callers, probably the best caller actually in the business uh, for a variety of sports. But um, you know when you're, you're commentating and you do a bit of special comments, you'd know this, but you have certain go-to lines or certain go-to phrases. Um, and Jared gets caught out here but recovers absolutely magnificently. How he should have been knocked off holding the ball. Cheer if the Magpie fans would have been here, they would have gone, <laughs> But without that, play on was called. I think Eddie's cardboard cutout move. <laughs> yeah, so really, really smooth there. Ball yells the crowd. Then he realises there's no crowd. Is what they would have said if they were here, hey. So a magnificent recovery there from Gerard. And uh, look, now South Australia did actually have crowds, obviously, for their showdown with Port Adelaide 
and the Crows, but uh, the great tradition where they play Never Tear Us Apart, Port Adelaide, before their home games. Um, Kane was worried that there might not be crowds at one point, so he came up with uh, just a beautiful little piece of uh, singing that we need to pay a bit of attention to. And I... So you doing this. I was standing. You were there. Tone deaf? Two worlds collide. No good. No good. And they could never tear us apart. It's powerful though. I love that from Port Adelaide. <laughs> what they do, I think. I think they're the best supporters going around, and that's a big part of it. I think every club should have some sort of rally lead-in rally cry mm. that uh, you really believe in, not just a Mickey Mouse one. They really believe in that. They love their prison bar jumper too, mm. and I think a uh, fair bit to play out on this. But I can't see why they can't use that at least once a year for a showdown. I don't. Th- I think if they're going up against Collingwood, it's an issue. If it's not going up against Collingwood, and they even say in the application to the AFL that we're not trying to be the Magpies in the AFL, we're just just wanting to acknowledge our history and, uh, you know, give our fans something to be happy and passionate about, which, as you say, is super important. That was Off the Record for Choices, Flooring, Inspiring Choices Magazine, Innovation Edition, out now. Nearly out of time. Before we do, let's go through the rest of the games for this weekend, Hayes. North Melbourne taking on Sydney. I think North Melbourne will win this one. Love what they're doing under Reshaw. They'll go three and zip. Collingwood taking on St Kilda. I'll give the Saints a real chance here, real chance. Yeah, Just looking, looking at Richmond, the Frank, the form of Collingwood. Are they going as well as we think, but I like the speed of St Kilda. Brisbane taking on the Eagles. I think Brisbane will win that. We've gone through that. Just some of the other games. I think Geelong will beat Carlton easily. Big out for Adelaide. Wayne Miller is out for two months. Now, he's one of their up-and-coming stars that they need to pin their hopes Mm. on. I'm going to go with the Suns. I think it's I think yeah. it's time. I'm, I'm a Gold believer. Coast time. Gold Coast I'm a believer time. now. This is the first time. It's not a false dawn for me. I think Melbourne can upset the Bombers. And as I said, I think unfortunately for the Dockers, it could be zero and three. Yeah, it's not a reflection of the way that they've played, particularly through the first two rounds. Hayes, really appreciate your time. As always, looking forward to the rest of the weekend of footy. Enjoy yours, Hayes. I'm going to. Don't worry about that, love. Having footy back on the TV. Looking forward to it indeed. We'll be back next week with another edition of Off the Bench. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.